Welcome to Mama Maria's podcast. Why is it named Mama Maria's? Because we are both mamas and we are both named Maria. We also each have a beautiful teenage daughter who has special needs. We want to share our stories, experiences, and successes with all of you to hopefully provide you with encouragement and hope, as well as to let you know you are not alone. Let us begin by saying that we are not lawyers, healthcare providers, licensed counselors, or teachers, but we do understand the various aspects of being a parent to a child with special needs and hope that our background will offer you knowledge and support. Our podcast is supported by the Association for Special Children and Families, which is a not-for-profit family support organization of professionals and parents who have children with any type of disability. You can learn more about them by visiting their website at ASCFamily.org. We encourage you to email us with comments or suggestions for additional podcasts at Podcast at ASCFamily.org. Hi, Maria. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm good, Maria. How are you? I'm doing well. Haven't seen you in a while. I know. Between little uh, getaways and sicknesses, we haven't been able to do a podcast in a couple of weeks, so it's good to see you tonight. Yeah, and it's good to see you, and I'm glad things things are looking up. Thanks. In your household over there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But tonight, um, I'm very excited excited to uh, introduce Camille with her special needs story. Hi, Camille. Hi, how are you? Thank you for having me. Thank you so oh, much for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, so why don't we start from the beginning? You know, start um, either from the pregnancy or from the moment you found out about your child's diagnoses. Uh, you know, bring us back to your story. Absolutely, yes. So um, my special boy was born in 2008 and it was an absolutely normal pregnancy. I had two other kids, healthy kids. Um, Everything was absolutely fine. And I didn't find out until um, I went into labor that something was wrong. It was actually... four hours after he was born. So what happened was that he was with me and all of a sudden he turned blue mm. and he started doing that a couple of times every 30 minutes or so. And I told my mom, no one believed me. My mom was visiting and no one believed me. I told the nurse the first time I told her she ignored me. The second time I say, I'm telling you, the kid is turning blue. I have all the kids. This is not my first child. Mm. So sure enough, um, they took the, the my son to the unit they, to keep an eye on him. And next thing I know, I have all these doctors in my room. I can't see my son. And the journey started or nightmare from there, I would say. Yeah. Um, we started visiting. Um he was diagnosed with epilepsy, among other things, but he didn't get diagnosed with his final diagnosis was uh, STXPP1. And that didn't happen until he was about six years old. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you said that's a protein issue? It was protein missing in one of the chromosomes that causes his issues. And basically it depends on the child. Some of them are able to walk in, in step, but, um, my son can't speak. He uses a wheelchair, but he could give you a few steps. Um, they have ataxia. 
uh, developmental delay, low muscle tone, uh, some of the main characteristics. Um, some of them are in feeding tubes as well. But yeah. we found, I found a great support these days with the media um, in Facebook. And it's about over 200 families worldwide that are connected. And in 2018, we all got together for the first time and about 70%, it was uh, over wow. 200 families wow, wonderful. at Walt Disney in 2000. 18, 17 or 18. Oh, oh my God. That's great. Wow. wow. And wow. we get together again. Um, yes. Like I say, I met people from all over the world mm. and we've been trying. We were supposed to get together on 2020, but COVID hit. So it got delayed. Then Walt Disney was in a full capacity working again. So um, we're But anyway, um, going back to when you, um, when, when he was a baby. So, yes. Um, <clears throat> so he was diagnosed and um, I took my son with a sleep apnea monitor that would go off constantly. And it took about three years for him to outgrow that type of seizure and then develop just a regular um, seizure. And I continue going into doctors and you always try to find a cure or an answer because at yeah. that point we didn't have an answer. So it was, it was very hard and I feel guilty because I think I took so much time away from my other kids because I was trying constantly traveling with my son and trying to find an answer and trying to see what, what was happening. But we all tried to work together. And that's when I developed this new technique of mommy and me time. So I will make it like every two weeks or at least once a month, I will grab one of the kids and it will be our day together. And I will do whatever they want it. Oh, how nice. Do that's and nice. Yeah. So I developed that a long, long time ago. And then fast forward, um, then I got divorced. For many reasons, you know, people, uh, divorce is hard enough. Yes. It's even a lot harder when you have a special child. Uh, I strongly believe, and this is just happened now, it's like you really have to try to work and make things work with your ex-husband because at the end of the day, the ones that suffer are the kids and you want the best for your kids. And you want to make sure you could work together. Um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't an easy decision. It was extremely hard. Uh, when I got divorced, I left the house. My kids had their own rooms and we had to move into an apartment. But looking back, I think the first year was the, first, the, the hardest year because um, you're going through all these emotions of the divorce and, and you try to go back and you try to see if you could fix it or you try to find out what I did wrong to fix it. But then you realize that you, you have these kids that depend on you and you have to make it work. So um, after not working for many years, um, when I was married, I was faced with the reality that I had to start working and somehow without having any friends or family to help me because no one is, none of my family, it's around here. I had to 
um, go into this warrior mode, I would say. I think we all have it within us. And when we are put in this difficult situation, it's just this fire that lights up inside of you that say, you don't have time to sit here and just be sorry for yourself or wait for a miracle. This is not going to happen. You need to do something. And that's when um, I started working. I was very lucky to find a great job that uh, it would allow me flexibility every time my son wasn't feeling well and I had to stay home with him. Or every time I was uh, late, I I could move my hours around. It was it was very hard and and very painful at the beginning. But again, I think that that time that we spent at the apartment and being so close together brought us even closer together and stronger as a family. Mm, okay. um, I can't even tell you how many people and teachers have told me. You have amazing kids, and I'm not saying because they're quiet or they they're studying or anything like that, but it's just that they could see how they care for others, mm-hmm. and they're always trying to help and look for something positive out of any situation, even at school. If somebody was misbehaving or somebody was having a bad day or somebody was being bullied, my kids would step up and be like, you can't do this. And mm. how can we help you and make you feel better or be a part of our lunch table and stuff like that? Because they saw my son and how he was unable to defend or be a part of a regular um, school system. Mm. And they, they didn't want that for anybody. And yeah. a lot of times, even when I question my kids is like, are you embarrassed? Because at one point they were all together um, uh, close in the same school, but different classrooms for special. Okay. But they were inter- interactive and I didn't want them to be embarrassed. And I felt like they, and they were looking at me like, like are you serious? Like I was crazy. They just see it as he's just, a a normal child that is different than everybody else. And just like my daughter told me, but everybody's different in their own way. So yes, (laughs) that's, that's amazing. I love that. And our children teach us, right. I mean, your your children taught, taught you. (laughs) They really do. And I feel, I I asked them that I, I told them that I was doing this podcast and I said, what would you say is the, what would be the net something negative and something positive that came out of this divorce? And I say, mom, uh, the, we know, and we're there, we're little, but we know that it's that constant fighting. Mm-hmm. Even if you try to keep it away from us, it's just that negativity sitting in the house. So we question, unfortunately, if we can't work with our partner and we try to so a lot of people just stay there because they think it's the best. But at the end, the kids are suffering and they know that you're not happy, that neither one of you are happy. Yes. And it's always this animosity going, even if you're not full blast fighting in front of the kids or anything, they know. So they they say, I, I'm glad that you both are happier now. Mm-hmm. And oh. that makes us happier. And I think the fact that it took a long time, but you guys are friends now, that also makes us very happy. And what made me cry the other day was my son said, you know what, mom, our best years 
that I love. It was when we were in the apartment because we were always together. Like we didn't uh, stay oh. away. And I love that because I feel home. It's, mm. it's home. We made it our home. And now uh, we're bigger, but you still make us feel at home. And at the end, it doesn't matter if you're in a big house or a small house. Yes. It's what you make out of it. And you always absolutely best of it. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's what every mother wants to hear, right? I mean, it's just, that's so beautiful. And what what you thought was so, and it was hard. I'm not trying to diminish that, but it turned out to be a beautiful thing for for your children. It is. Because they became close, yeah. One of the things I started doing, and I did that um, when I was, uh, when I had my son, and I saw that I, I was feeling guilty because he took so much time away from my other kids. And I, I came up with this idea and I call it mommy and me time. And it's our private time. And I would yeah. take the day with one of my ki- older kids and we would do whatever they wanted that day. It was their special day. My attention was a hundred percent to them. And I will have my husband take care of my son. Once I got divorced, that still was the case because then there is custody. So he will have them every other weekend. So I took advantage of the weekends. I didn't have them to do things with them Mm. separately. So we, we would go and we do shopping or go to a museum, whatever they wanted to do, go to a park, um, see a movie together uh, do things that they, that I just um, make them feel special. Yeah. And, and I think one of the things, if I recall, when they were very young, they wanted to go to a birthday party or s- something like that. And one of them got really angry and said, we can't go anywhere. I, I hate it because my son. Yeah. Um, so I felt so guilty because I didn't realize when you have as, 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 a, a child with special needs, you don't understand. You go crazy and you're trying to figure things out and how you go into that. You don't understand that. I was put, I was saying no to birthday parties. I was saying no to yes. outings. You I say was, no to a lot of things. <laughs> well, a lot of things, especially <laughs> yeah. with my son condition. For some reason, when it's a lot of people, it's very mm-hmm. overwhelming for him and it triggers seizures. Oh. So we could have people over the house and it was, it would cost Trigger. me three days of seizures nonstop because of it. Or I could take him to a place where it was a birthday party and it would be too much for him and he would start seizuring. And he still does, but not as much. Hmm. And I just deal now better with it. Um, How did you overcome that? How did you overcome think- that with your children? I think that eventually I finally got an answer and a diagnosis for my son. And I knew it wasn't going to be a cure and I couldn't be chasing something that it wasn't there. So I just got to make acceptance. I have to (laughs) make it part of our life. This is it. Yes. He's going to seizure. So we just wait. I make sure he's comfortable. I make sure he's okay. And we go on. And he goes on too. He starts clapping and depends, you know, if, if it's too severe, he goes to sleep. If it's not, he gets, he's like, he loves to be social. So he gets up like it's nothing and he continues. 
Um, he's extremely friendly and he loves to be around people. So every time, even to church, he loves church. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I know that um, if you, there was a documentary called um, Autism Every Day. And in that documentary, they, they mentioned that divorce rates for families with children with autism are as high as 80%. Now, I'm not sure if they have statistics for um, just in general with um, other disabilities. Uh, families yeah. with other disabilities, but I, I could imagine that that rate is pretty high yeah. and um, that it's, you know, so I don't think your story is, is unusual. And I, and I, you know, and like you said, you know, that wasn't the cause, um, but I think it doesn't help. I, I certainly exactly. think it That's doesn't. What I was say. It wasn't the cause. My, my, I had issues before, but it was definitely uh, a big, a big uh, problem in the marriage. So, Camille, tell us a little bit about your child now and your life now, too. So, uh, I've been doing great. Um, I met a wonderful person that came into my life. And he understands me. He is uh, a father himself, divorced father. And he understands my son is the most important thing. He helps me so much. And he understands that I have all these responsibilities. And my entire life, it's only been me trying to do for my kids and, and juggling work and everything. So... Every so often he's like, okay, slow down. I got this. Don't worry about it. Go <laughs> yeah. relax and do something else. And it's nice to have yes. this help. To have a supportive person in your life. Yes. So yeah. even if you are a single mom, there is time and the, the, the right person will come along. I think um, I have a lot of faith. And that's another thing that I I do believe. Whatever your religion is, I think you just have to have a lot of faith and believe yeah. that things happen for a reason. And God give us all this problems and issues that come into our life, but that he knows that we could resolve them and we could work with them, not resolve yeah. them, but at least work with them, make them yeah. part. Jaden and my son is part of my life and I just incorporate and make everything work around him the best I can. So I guess this brings me of um, what has your child with special needs, um, what has he taught you in your life? He taught me to be patient, to care about the simple things, mm. because we are so worried with media and Facebook and Instagram and everything else in what everybody else is doing or what you're not doing wrong. We are our worst enemy when it comes to judging ourselves, thinking yes. that we're not doing enough or we could do better. Well, he had taught me that we just have to slow down. Let's take things back to basic. Enjoy that cup of coffee and sitting down in the deck and just look outside at the birds and the trees and the sunshine and just take every minute. He taught me that family comes first. Yeah. And we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So we can't stay up all night worrying about it. Just take one minute at a time and try to make the best memories with a lot of love and caring. Very what nice. would you say um, to other families out there who get a similar diagnosis of STXBP? 
one or something similar where their child is not talking, their child is, tra- is having trouble walking? I would say it's it's very difficult, um, but it we've been blessed as well, even though media could be our enemy and it could be our best <laughs> friend. Um, we found, I found a very good support group in there where I feel comfortable going in there with my issues and problems. And I know that they have many other supporting groups like autism and many other. And if they don't have one that you have a child for special needs, then maybe you should start one. And that's exactly. something to look forward. Yes. Trust me, it's not going to be the only your only child with that disability. Mm-hmm. You eventually going to find others or maybe similar things. And you could just start a new Facebook page and try to bring those people in and make it private. So people feel comfortable. We have about three or four groups. We have one that is strictly for parents um, where we could just spill a guts there and talk about our kids freely and nothing's going to come out of that page. We have another one where we have caregivers and grandparents. And then we have another one for that includes doctors and teachers and anybody else that would like to join us and learn about. Yeah. Yes and learn about it. So there is many, many support groups. And as I mentioned before, one thing I forgot to mention was that when my son uh, was taken to the NIC unit, um, before I knew what was wrong with him, they sent a doctor with, um, a psychologist with some pills and stuff and giving me all these drugs. And I was like, wait a minute, I don't even know what's going on. Why should I take this? But um, I was in antidepressants at the beginning because it was a very hard situation to deal with. But my faith, I have to say, brought me up and I said, I, I'm stronger than this. And I think I, I want to do this without the drugs. I'm not saying yeah. people should walk away from this. Yes, I understand. When you yeah. need it, I'm saying is that you need to find an outlet that makes you happy and it will work for me is running. Um, I found my passion. I love to do it. I would do marathons if I had the time, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> so do what I can. And I'm happy with what I can do. So just find an outlet, find something that you like. Um, I'm, all, I'm also starting to get into meditation. Divorce is a very, very hard thing to do. Um, statistics have shown that it's even worse than dealing with the death in the family. Um, I truly believe that, and especially with a child who, who has special needs exactly. and, and, and unexpected needs, you know, absolutely, it yeah. really is hard on a marriage. I mean, I'm thinking about my own marriage and, and how, how hard those, those first few years of finding out the diagnosis. So for our listeners out there, if, if you're, if you're going through a tough time with your spouse, a lot of it is, um, normal. It is. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. very normal. A lot of communication and patience. I think that both in the manner, both partners have to take some time out. Trust me, you don't want to do it. You feel like, no, 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 I, this is not the time. Make the time because nothing in life, you're never going to find the time for anything. You have to make the time for and work. Absolutely. And with that, Camille, thank you so much for being on our podcast. And uh, we have really enjoyed hearing your story. And good luck to you and your family. 
We would love to hear from you with suggestions for additional podcasts or, or comments about how our discussions are impacting your life. Feel free to email us at podcast at ascfamily.org. We're so glad you're with us and that you want to be part of our lives because we want to be part of yours. Thanks, Camille. Thank you so much for having me. Have a Thank you. Good night.